Hey world, it's me, Maya. I'm Bizek. Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy MLK Day, Happy Inauguration Day, Happy um, Hump Day. We miss so many holidays, y'all. Happy birthday to a couple of y'all. Happy second New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. Um, I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in so, so long. I first apologize for neglecting you, but I really hope that we can let the past be the past. Um, ready just to get back, to jump in. We have had a, a whirlwind, oh man, a whirlwind of a year and 20 days uh, now at this point. So uh, I'm just really excited to stop being Twitter fingers and really podcast mommy again. I'm just hoping to connect with y'all, to talk, to learn, to laugh. You know, the original purpose of the social society, but um, back in action, back better than ever. And just having more dope conversation. But outside of just having dope conversation and sharing knowledge, I really want to start to start resolving a lot of the issues that we address and that we talk about here. On this platform, uh, I, I want to just stop chatting about it. And in essence, what it feel like to me is complaining. I want to stop complaining and talking about it and start doing stuff about it. Because it's getting a little hectic out here. Uh, I might even want to sugarcoat it because I don't work at a bakery. Uh, it's wicked outside. It's very, very wicked outside right now. And uh, I'm tired of talking about it, talking in circles. I'm ready to, to get to it. But I really want to link with y'all for this episode. I, th- I thought it would be most fitting to drop on Inauguration Day uh, because uh, we're closing out a whirlwind of not just uh, an era with uh, y'all President Donald Trump, uh, but a year, 2020, was, 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 ooh, 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 I can't even talk straight. <laughs> that boy was hectic. Mm, that little baby had some hands. That little baby was emotional. Uh, we won't get into that, but I feel like it would be, just be most fitting to uh, kind of culminate all of 2020 in an episode and really kind to and and also kind of begin to prepare and set intentions for what I and what we all want for 2021 and beyond so like I said I'm really excited just to get back to uh, connect with you all again see all the new stuff that y'all have been doing all the new levels mentally spiritually physically that y'all have tapped into since the last time that we've been able to link but without further ado I want to get this show on a, a roll as the kids, not the kids, as the old heads would say, get this show on the road. Uh, so uh, what I really wanted to do is just, like I said, kind of recap 2020. Uh, it was a lot of stuff happened. I don't know about y'all, but 2020 felt like it was like six years packed into one. It was mad stuff going on. Uh, but let's just start from the, the very beginning for me. Um, January was, I think January is always like that, that trial period. Uh, for people, you know, you still might be dibbling, dabbling in 2019 behaviors or the, I should say previous year's behaviors. You might assess some new goals to be healthy. Playing the fitness be packed, packed. You'd be able to get a little ticky. Remember, yo, y'all remember when you used to get lunch meat and you had to pull the number and they'd call your number for your lunch meat? Like, that's how Planet Fitness be rolling. LA Fitness rolling. You know, everybody trying to shed their the holiday weight from the candy for Halloween, the turkey from Thanksgiving, the meals from Christmas and Kwanzaa, you know, people be trying to get fit in January, you got new goals, and just, again, just new intentions, fresh 365, or in 2020's case, fresh 366 was a little leap year, um, and they just got a fresh, fresh plate, so you're trying new things, new goals, and just, you know, trying to adjust to having a, a fresh start, one thing that I'm really big on is using that as a time to uh, kind of trial and error, so kind of get rid of some bad habits that I might have picked up the previous year that I don't want to carry into a new year uh, while also on just trying and uh, trying and applying new tools and new tactics. January is always a little bit of a, a weird adjustment month for me because uh, my birthday is in December uh, before uh, the new year and so it's always just a weird adjustment not only am I going into a new calendar year but I'm going into a new uh, chapter and new year of my life and so it's always just a different uh, just a different outlook and perspective for 2020. I'm mean, excuse me for a new year, I should say. Uh, but 2020, I, I I think everybody could say that we had a lot of a lot a lot of plans. Whether it was getting your passport stamped, starting a business, 
uh, buying a property, whatever the case was. I think we all had a lot of plans for 2020. For me specifically, I looked at it as a year for crystal clear vision. You know that you know when you go to the optometrist, you get your eyes checked. They say 20, you had 2020 vision. You could see perfectly. Your eyes work. The first couple of days was a nice chill adjustment period. You know what I mean? It was just laid back, macking, hanging. Then, bro, I don't know about anybody else. I don't think I'm gonna ever forget that day, ever in my life, bro. I was about to get in the shower. I'm on Twitter. It's Kobe. Kobe started feeling my TL, and I'm like, oh, maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe about to get inducted to the Rock Hall of Fame or something. I don't know. Went on about my business. I get out the shower. I got text. You see, Kobe died. Kobe died. I'm like, y'all some liars. And I don't know about anybody else, but my source of information. Or my first source of information is typically Twitter. So I get on Twitter. And now what was originally maybe six or seven posts, whole TL is Kobe's dead. Kobe's dead. I'm like, no way. No way. Uh, so that, that, to be quite honest, that really, I think for that should have really let us know that 2020 was going to be a funny year. Uh, not even just because Kobe died, but Kobe and his daughter passed away. Uh, you know, God rest his soul. And mad other people die in that helicopter crash. One thing that I don't think a lot of us take the time to really put into perspective, that mad families were impacted by that. A whole family basically got wiped out in that helicopter. A mom, dad, a daughter, and I think they left two kids behind. You know what I mean? So, like, that's a, a bad, bad, oh, goodness, a, mm, a horrible joint, bro. A horrible, horrible joint. So, right then and there, we should have known that 2020 was going to be on some funny stuff. But, you know... Life comes with its ups and downs, obstacles and whatnot. So I think we all were just like that. We messed up about it. But it's 2020. You know, it's people were turning 24 and stuff like that. But it's a mamba year. We just going to live for Kobe. And we came out of January. Okay. Slide into February. For me personally, February was a, a pretty lit month. That was the kickoff of my trips for 2020. Uh, I went to Mardi Gras for the first time. It was epic. I strongly encourage every single person in their right mind and that is able to to attend Mardi Gras at least one time. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Them, them, them know the folks. They are hospitable. The food slaps. The muster is impeccable. Uh, a word from the wise, though. Treat Mardi Gras as a marathon, not a sprint. I was reading the paper. I was reading, I think it was New York Times or something when I came back. And it said... Uh, you can always tell who is a tourist and who's a local when you're down at Mardi Gras. The tourists tour. They are tore up from the floor up at 10 and 11 o'clock in the morning. And the uh, the the locals, they know you got to pace yourself. We're going to be out here all day. We start making gumbo and crawfish at 8 a.m. And we're going to be the parade don't stop until 9 a.m. And then after after the parade over, we're going to party it up some more. And so we're going to be out here for a little while. Uh, so I didn't know that nobody gave me that disclaimer before I touched down as soon as we got in the Airbnb I rested my body for a second I just sat down kind of collecting my thoughts as soon as the part the rest of the party started to arrive shots up shots up shots up um, I didn't even make it out the Airbnb the first night I'm gonna be very frank with you all so again um, please 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 remember if you I, I strongly encourage you all to go but if you do go, keep in mind that it is a marathon and not a sprint. Keep Nipsey in mind the whole time that you're in New Orleans. I know, like, there's Wayne, Birdman, MSP, No Limit, all that good stuff. Keep Nipsey in mind. <laughs> but you need to pace yourself or you will pass out. They actually, um, I think most places now these days, they have IV clinics where you can just get an IV. It's a little on the expensive side if you ask me. It's like $250 like or $300 um, for you to get, like, you can get collagen, vitamin C, uh, all types of transfusions to get your body back right after days and days of drinking. Um, but I just strongly encourage you to pace yourselves. I don't know about anybody else, but since I turned 23, drinking just doesn't doesn't um, doesn't work the same on my body. It takes a few days to recover. Uh, so you just again, I'm gonna keep reiterating to pace yourself. But one thing that I learned while I was down there was um, that Mardi Gras runs for much longer than just a week. Uh, in 2020, it started on the 2nd or the 3rd, I believe, and it wasn't over until the last day of February. Uh, so every weekend, you know, they partying, they having parades, they're linking. I also learned that uh, each parish has uh, their own uh, parade group, you should call it, I guess you could call it, 
uh, the the area that we stayed in, I think they were Zulu, uh, and so that that uh, area they 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 really kind of bring a lot of uh, history and heritage uh, with Mardi Gras, which I really didn't know much about to be quite honest. I really thought it just was a it brings a bunch of people from all over the world. You come, you get drunk, you might flash a nipple, you get some beads, and you go about your business. Um, oh, and I also think a girls trip when uh, Tiffany Haddish peed across uh, Bourbon Street. But other than that, like I just I didn't know that it was a lot of history and culture tied into Mardi Gras. Uh, so I, I personally, uh, if I uh, if I if I happen to be the friend that gets the athlete or the rapper man, I would like to when I don't have a job <laughs> and my man takes care of me. Uh, I would like to spend some time in Mardi Gras from the beginning of Mardi Gras to the end and really kind of just travel around the parishes and get to know the history, the culture, the food, uh, the parade floats, why they wear what they wear on the floats, um, how they pick the parade or the float master and stuff like that. It's, it's very, very interesting. Uh, so, uh, again, like I said, I strongly encourage anybody that has uh, the means to, to definitely make that trip down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Now, I will say... Prior to getting on this plane to New Orleans, uh, as a matter of fact, prior to even coming into 2020, I was pretty, I don't say pretty, but I was familiar, had heard of, read a few articles and was aware of COVID. Not COVID-19, just COVID or coronavirus is what they were calling it at the time. Um, back in October or November when life was normal, every morning when I go into work, uh, I either get on Yahoo News, CNN News, something like that, and I just read you know, what's going on in the world, um, what's going on in America, what's going on in finances, all types of stuff. I just read it. If it's interesting, I'll read it. Uh, and I recall reading back in October that a small province in China caused an outbreak with their pork. They had a nasty, nasty uh, outbreak that was causing their pork to be infected with something. I can't remember what it was, but their, their, their swine, they had to kill a lot of their swine. And not even just in that small province, it kind of, it, it began to escalate, and they had to kill a lot of a lot of swine off, and all over China. Uh, then maybe about, I'll say maybe around the end of November, going into December, I remember reading an article about a new virus. People were getting sick, uh, and they just they didn't know what it was. It was kind of like a flu or pneumonia-like virus, but they just didn't know what it was. Didn't say anything about stopping people from coming into China or leaving China. Uh, from traveling to other places, they had some hot stuff. They just couldn't pinpoint what it was, but it wasn't hot enough to shut China down. Again, you know, like I said, I was uh, pretty familiar, aware of it. Get on a plane, go to New Orleans, didn't think anything of it. While I was in New Orleans, met people from all over the place. Australia, New Zealand, New York, California, Chicago, D.C., all over the place. Then, again, didn't think anything of it. Uh, I had a layover on the way back from in uh, in Tennessee, and this man was in the airport. Not well, y'all. He was not well. He was red, and he was just hacking up his left lung. And I'm looking, and he wasn't covering his mouth. And before the pan the panoramic was going on, I just I, I I don't I don't like hearing people sneeze or cough on me. I literally would stop breathing for thirty seconds. Prior to the pandemic, any of that, I covered my whole face with my hoodie, my t-shirt, just stop breathing all together. Cause it's just like, why are you coughing like that? That's nasty. You keep your you keep your journey germs to yourself, your cooties to yourself, cause you're bugging. But I'm looking at him like, Dex might need to get him some water. I'm not gonna get him any water because he might have that hot stuff. But somebody needs to get him some water. He was red, his nose was running. Looked at him, went on about my business. I said, Oh, thank God I can get on this plane and get up out of here, cause you guys there's something wrong with you. You need to get that checked out come home uh, I came home from Mardi Gras on like the 26th or something like that so it was the end of the month coming into March March 1 people start talking about working from home and I'm like oh all that hot stuff is here huh okay all right cool work from home whatever I again didn't think much of it the the article that I read said it was more of a flu uh, pneumonia like virus I said all right cool but whatever it is what it is type time who cares then I started getting concerned, not because that hot stuff was here, but because every single person that I knew was being were 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 getting the permission and the wonderful, wonderful blessing of being able to work from home, except for me. And I'm just like, well, what's going on with my job? Does nobody have that hot stuff that they want to send us home? Because I want to go home. 
it's no reason why I have to keep getting up at six o'clock in the morning to come sit down here for some eight hours and it only takes me four hours to do work. It is that it's not something's not adding up. Why are we not being blessed with that? No sooner than I said it, maybe two or three days later, my boss uh, sends us an email. He's like, hey, y'all, we're going to have a staff meeting on Thursday to see if anybody wants, if everybody is okay with working from home. I'm looking at my phone like, well, why wouldn't we be okay with working from home, sir? Like, what is wrong with you? What do we, there's no reason for us to meet. We all want to work from home. My first, my official first day of the pastrami was March 16th. I believe that was a Monday. I'm not going to hold you all. I spent that day in the bed, chilling. I responded to a few emails. Um, and then I went out and I, I drank. I had PBSJs or p- peanut butter and strawberry jam because grape jam is disgusting. It has poverty written all over it. And it's just not my speed. Um, it gives me trailer trash vibes. And again, not my speed. Um, so I was eating PBSJs. I was having cocktails, having the time of my life. Um, it wasn't until I realized that this might be a little, I didn't, excuse me, I should say, I didn't realize that this might be a tad bit serious until my mom started coming in the house with off, let me not say off, non-Scott toilet tissue. There's all types of other stuff, Charmin. I was about to say Downey, but that's fabric softener. Anything but Scott. I don't even know the names of other of of other toilet paper because we use Scott. We are a Scott family. There was no toilet paper in sight. I started getting alarmed. Part two, just to clarify, my, my first concern was that there was no toilet paper. That was a big, big problem for me. Where is this? I, I need a certain brand of toilet paper to feel confident and comfortable. The stuff that my mom was bringing up in here just wasn't, it was making me very uneasy. My second red flag came when I realized that, again, just to reiterate, that whatever this coronavirus was, it was a, um, a respiratory condition, similar, again, to the flu and pneumonia. These people said, hey, we think y'all should wash y'all hands more and try not to gather in large settings and people took from that buy all the toilet paper buy all the paper towels buy all the alcohol not hand soap but alcohol and buy all the water the water the water the h2o the aqua something just wasn't adding up there for me I started getting really, really concerned. I said, well, not only are we dealing with this nasty, nasty virus, we're dealing with idiots too. Because that doesn't make any sense. They said, protect your face and your lungs and your breathing, your nose, throat. And y'all took from that, buy all the toilet paper? It wasn't making a lot of sense for me. Uh, March... April and I believe May if I'm not mistaken were all supposed to be travel months for me that travel ban started coming down where we couldn't go anywhere you had to start canceling flights airlines were talking about credits and we're like we don't even know when we're getting off of this I really don't even know what I'm supposed to do with all these credits like something's not things are not adding up here what's going on Uh, we started out without masks Y'all president was saying, or y'all ex-president, I should say, uh, was saying, you don't need a mask. The virus isn't that serious. Everything and everybody's going to be okay. We're going to beat this stuff. It just, every, every month, it just progressively got worse. The lies just kept spewing and spewing and spewing. It was really starting to get out of control. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but once we crossed into like the May, June mark, it was starting to get nice outside. And people were like, well, we're not going to sit up in the house all day. Like, it's, we got to figure out something to do. Uh, Kelly Drive became Wildwood. Uh, the Caucasians were driving uh, jet skis and canoes and kayaks all up Kelly Drive. They were fishing. 
Uh, people are out there just laid out, playing Uno, smoking hookah, just chilling, minding our business. We were catching the vibe. Um, you know, it was that, that one piece of solitude. Well, not solitude, but that, that one area of peace and tranquility outside of everybody's home uh, where people felt safe and just chill. You could commune with your family, with your friends. You might not have been able to see them or you didn't feel comfortable seeing them in smaller settings. So we outside, the sun's beaming down, get some fresh air. Kelly Drive was a, that was a spot to be all summer. Kelly Drive was a spot to be. And let me not even say all summer, before things started opening up in like June, that was a spot to be. Grab your friends, grab a bottle, grab some Uno, a little Jenga, get a little blankie, a little speaker, and you got a whole party going. That was a good time. As we moved out of, as we began to move out of what would be my second month, of quarantine we came into something that we all know very well um, to be quite honest I feel like it, ha- it literally happens every year or every two years or so on uh, May 25th George Floyd was murdered in Minneapolis Minnesota uh, by the police per usual like most of the more recent incidents uh, pertaining to black and brown people with the police it was caught on camera it was spread all over social media and we had to watch yet another um, black man and black person uh, be murdered publicly nationally plastered all over social media shortly thereafter I don't, I don't have an exact date on uh, when I personally became aware of Breonna Taylor, but it wasn't too far after George George Floyd. We didn't really have too much breathing room off of George Floyd, and we just kind of snowballed right into Breonna Taylor, who actually passed away um, two and a half months prior to George Floyd, and her, um, her situation uh, really didn't get a lot of exposure until after George Floyd, and it kind of, like I said, snowball effect, and kind of rolled in together which prompted again like I said we're pretty used we kind of go through the same routine prompted a lot of uh, protests a lot of people taking to the streets to voice their grievances and their disbelief their pain their anger with both the George Floyd incident and the Breonna Taylor incident uh, we spent a lot of time I say like two months and just traumatic turmoil whether it was silent protesting, protesting that turned into looting or riot. I don't even like the word looting, but I'm just going to use it. You know, I feel like that's a, a pretty uh, generic term that all of us are well aware of. Um, you know, looting, the rioting, people, businesses, houses, whatnot. All types of stuff. Just, again, we've been here, done that before. So uh, we really spent two months and, again, just constant turmoil over and over and over again uh what really came from that in my opinion was nothing uh, i mean we got the that brianna T- not even we uh brianna taylor uh the brianna taylor law was passed in kentucky uh, where you can't do uh, no knock warrant serving you know what i mean i just feel like a lot of stuff that transpired over those few months were to pacify and to ponder to our people, folks in the streets with their children, their babies yelling, screaming, please stop killing us, bro. Please. Like, you, we're not saying that we, that people aren't criminals and that they don't deserve to be in jail. But if they deserve to be in jail, take them to jail. Just alive. If they broke a law, that's cool. Give them a ticket or whatever you have to do. But you don't have to kill them, though. You know what I mean? That's all people are seeing in the streets. Black people are outside you know, yelling and demanding this justice and this peace from, in turn, decided to paint Black Lives Matter on streets, change street names to Black Lives Matter way. Um, Senate and state representatives, I don't even know who them people was, to be quite frank. I don't don't know if they were senators, representatives. They were White House aides. Who knows? They had a kente ceremony and took a knee, which that was very trailer party trash if you ask me um, because it's taking that knee that took George Floyd's life in the first place but whatever uh, so again like I said we, we spent the bulk of our summer 
uh, what, what little bit of it we did have and engulfed in trauma and anger and rage and all over um, basically all 50 states uh, had some form of protest going on to just show the frustration the anger and to be quite frank outside of um, outside of the frustration and the anger I think people are just tired you know what I mean and so that culminated with us being in the middle of a uh, pandemic and people then don't did it and still honestly right now don't know uh, if the end is near what the that that ending is going to look like or anything like that coupled with emotional turmoil of watching black people die senselessly with no justice we spent we had a really rough summer and I'm sure it had its good parts for everybody but we we had a rough summer then we um we come out of our, our, our hot, hot summer months and kind of move into that fall frame. People going back to school. We realize that things are really not getting back to normal. Kids are going back to school via Zoom. Parents are still working from home. And they have to go from being a full-time employee to a full-time employee and a full-time teacher. And that's not what you went to school for. You know what I mean? Some people have two, three, four, five kids. They have to go to school in their one household and they still have to show up and go to work. People had to start making a decision on if they were going to sacrifice themselves and their family because they had they had to physically go to work and they can't just opt to stay home or not. And if they were going to send their kids to daycare and things of that nature, you know what I mean? Like People had to start making really rough decisions around that time. Uh, evictions were being turn, turned out. Uh, a lot of... In Philadelphia specifically, actually, uh, was a, home, a homeless population just fighting to have, you know, adequate housing and food and and resources that that went through on, that went went on throughout the summer, going into August, September. Uh, just again, just emotionally and physically, just drained from just having to continue continue to fight and one of the, and not even one and was quote unquote the greatest nation in the world we fighting for basic stuff for our hospitals to have PPE for our citizens to get some type of stimulus payment because they're out of work or they're not able to work as often and make as much money as they normally would be able to people are being evicted in the middle of a panoramic they have no place to go police officers kicking people's doors and while they in the house with their children their mother their grandmother all types of stuff and telling you have 15 minutes to gather your things and get out of here in the greatest nation in the world, stuff like this is happening. You know what I mean? So, again, like I said, just people kind of come into that realization towards that last part of the, that last stretch of the year that things might not be getting better or changing anytime soon. For a little razzle-dazzle, let's add that it's an election year. And we got to spend a lot of time li- listening to politicians ponder whether it's pondering to us as black and brown people or how they're going to change our communities and give and donate all this money and give us resources for X, Y, and Z. Or you have to listen to Donald Trump, ponder the white people and how he's going to make America great again and, and how people are going to, how the economy is going to be back booming and this virus that China sent, they're going to pay for it. Again, just a bunch of pondering to get vote, get people out into the streets. Y'all president decided that because there's a pastrami outside that, um, you know, mail-in ballots would probably be the best thing, quote-unquote. Uh, excuse me, your president didn't decide that. Your president decided that that, would, that that wouldn't be the best option because there's a fake pastrami outside um, and there's a fake virus going around. So that he, he thinks everybody should be in-person voting. So he decided to uh, intentionally slow down our mail, which in 2021, we're still feeling the effects of that. Two weeks or three weeks ago, I got mail from, um, what is that? From Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Their headquarters is up on like Towson Road, up the boulevard, up, up Roosevelt Boulevard. The mail was stamped for North Texas, Texas. <laughs> like, I, I, I live in Philly. For anybody that doesn't know that, I live right in Philadelphia. Why did y'all not get in your car? And just drive down the boulevard and bring it to my house. 
who in their right mind loaded my mail onto a plane? Let said plane fly off into the sunset with my mail. It stayed in Texas for however long and lingered. I'm sure it made one more stop before it even came back to Philadelphia and then lingered again for a few more days before it even got delivered to my house. And I said, oh, y'all president is crazy. The Donald is crazy. Not the sending mail all over the world. What is wrong with you? In his efforts to kind of derail the election. Uh, to be quite honest, I hope, I hope I don't lose any listeners for this, but I don't vote. Um, I personally don't believe in the democracy that has been sold to us, that's being sold to us currently, and that people are trying to quote-unquote perpetuate in the future. Uh, we've had democratic mayors, senators, state representatives, and our communities, uh, to be honest, have, to, in my opinion, have gotten worse. I mean, the only thing that really has, has gotten any better in our communities is crack. <laughs> you know, crack just isn't running rampant in our communities uh, to the point of, you know, what the, the 80s and the 90s look like. But other than that, you know, we it didn't turn Bach into a bar. People are up there partying and dancing while... South Philadelphia kids don't have a, a community high school to go to. Uh, Germantown High School getting ready to get turned into an office space and a multi-purpose space for the area that it's in. Again, whole neighborhoods of children that don't have a community school to go to. We don't have new textbooks, asbestos. Uh, so many of our kids were in a position when we started work, going to school and working from home where they didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't have a, a, a place for them to be able to sit down silently and be present in class. We don't have any of those resources in the city. Uh, you know what I mean, but <laughs> but vote for me, though. Vote for me, and I'm going to change it. And they've been capping our heads up and selling us that dream for forever. And if it's not the Democrats, then the Republicans, they just wash us to the side. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't care about us. They, we're not a part of their agenda, how they're going to progress in the world. And so for me personally, I just didn't really, I don't, nothing that politicians say to me is appeasing. The only politician that I back, that I support, and verb, verbally, <laughs> is represent, state representative Jordan Harris. He used to be my history teacher. He taught me a lot about life. And not even just me, he changed not just my life, but my classmates' lives. And I'm pretty sure any other people that he's encountered, he's an amazing, amazing dude. Um, so other than that, I, that's, that's the only politician that I, I listen to and I, because I know him, I know that he's speaking factual stuff that he's trying to get busy and do. The rest of them, um, they collect their six-figure salaries. They lie and ponder on national television, and then they get gone. Um, the track record of all parties involved was really, really uh, disturbing me. Uh, as we all know, the Donald is a vagina grabber. He has sticky fingers. He doesn't know how to keep his hands to himself. Um, he also was parlaying with Jeffrey Epstein on little private islands where sex trafficking things going on. He a little strange, a little off in the head, a little touched. So he he already get him up out of here. Uh, we got Joe signing crime bills that then lock uncles, daddies, granddaddies up in prison. <laughs> like some people who listen to this right now, I hate to have to say it this way, but some of y'all daddies got locked up by the man that y'all voted into office. Some of y'all daddies got charges. They felons because of y'all president that we about to have today. Little Cam Cam, Sister Cam Cam, same thing. Same, same thing. Locking them up. Chain, chain gang them. Chain gang them. And now all of a sudden they just, these reform people that just want to change, uh, you know, change our communities and uplift us. And Joe Biden sitting on, on, on TV telling black people they're not black if we don't vote for them. Cam Cam sitting around shucking and jiving, eating pork chops and Kool-Aid. First of all, Miss Cam Cam, uh, eating pork is haram. That's number one. Uh, so we don't even do that over here in this Negro community. So I don't even know. You could have ate a turkey chop, you know, or chicken chop. Maybe a piece of fried chicken or some watermelon. But ever the pork chop, though. Mm-mm, mm-mm, don't do that. Don't, don't want the pork. Don't that swine. Bad for the body. Um, checking the job and doing all that, you know what I mean. So, that the American politics is a lot about pondering and keeping people's heads up. Uh, I started realizing uh, back when Donald Trump even first got elected that 
these they talk to people it's proper in essence it's propaganda in my in my opinion they kept our head black and brown communities up with oh you know i'm down i'm the uncle invite me to the cookout and, you know they, they they talk that good game uh, rm uh, everybody hates donald trump we're not hates but you know everybody has a strong disliking for donald trump um, but he talks a talk to the people that he's trying to get out you know you have to think about how make america great again in essence is the same thing as to to white people as, as let freedom reign or something like that is to black people. Once upon a time, just being white was good enough. You could be white and have a fifth grade education and have a great job on a beach home down Jersey, retire at 60, you're living the best life. And that's it, you just had to be white. It didn't matter what was going on, you just had to be white. I came to the stark realization that money talks first. Money money talks first. Immediately after that is whiteness, but money talks first. Uh, I think a lot of middle and working and lower class Americans, or white Americans, I should say, are realizing that they don't have that money that talks and that being white isn't going to get them through the door anymore. Um, and They're being treated just like us. Just like the poor Negroes that we are, they're being treated that way as well. They're being looked over. They're being skipped over for health care and for resources in their children's classrooms and communities their their jobs are, they're being laid off from their jobs and things like that and they're facing the same obstacles and problems and situations that we are when i hear donald trump say make america great again i think of just being being able to be white and being able to succeed in life it's appealing it's pondering it's propaganda to the the masses of white people that vote vote republicans in the office they regular everyday working people just like you and i are and so you have to appeal to them. And that's how, do you, how you appeal to them. I'm going to make America great again. You don't have to worry about having a college degree or uh, owning a business or anything like that. You just have to be white. I'm going to get us there. Just give me one second. I'm going to get us right back there. And he kept his heads up. And he was able to get into office the first time. And he thought he'd be able to do the same thing this go around. And so uh, just coming up to the election, it wasn't surpri- excuse me, surprising to hear uh, the Donald talk how he was talking or even hear uh, Sister Cam Cam and Brother Joseph talk and move how they were moving. That little fly that landed on Mike Pence's head or shoulder, whoever it was that that fly landed on, that joint was staged and set there because they know that we're going to sit up on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, MySpace, TikTok, and bid and play around. It's an easy distraction. And I'm, uh, y'all, anybody that know me goes to my podcast or if you know me personally, you know I'm all for the bids. I'm all for laughing, having a good time. But a lot of this stuff not funny anymore. <laughs> like I'm laughing right now, but this stuff isn't funny. You know what I mean? Like this, this is not jokey joke stuff that we playing around with. People are losing their lives and not receiving justice for it. People and have been like it's not a new thing. They have been. Until got dragged sixteen blocks or something like that. He didn't even do anything. Lady gonna come out right before she died. Tell us, oh no, I was lying. Nobody got any justice for that. To this day, you know what I'm saying. And I hate that air, but I want to let that kind of marinate. We're not dealing with any new issues or any new problems. You know what I mean. And that's why I don't buy into politics. I don't really buy into things going on in the world because it, we just been reliving and letting history repeat itself over and over and over again. It's not like we're dealing with any new obstacles or new problems. We're dealing with the same stuff, and we're doing the same... We're, we're trying to resolve it with the same stuff, which is protesting and quote-unquote demanding that people go into office and make these changes. And they keep turning around and giving us their behinds to kiss. And I just don't know when, um, when people are going to wake up from that. As we cross into December, and um, every week... We were finding out that Joe Biden won the presidency every single week. I don't know how we just kept having to recount that every week. Um, but we kept finding out that Joe Biden was the president every week. Um, the Donald was not trying to hear it. You know, he was very upset, very uneasy. But uh, you could, I, I won't lie, you could definitely feel a, a small sense of relief in the air, I guess, for people that, you know, he was going to get up out of the office. And maybe, just maybe, Uncle JoJo. And Sister Cam Cam might be able to initiate some level of change for 
our community and just for our country as a whole coming off of such that the rough pitch that the Donald created I think it was a slight sense of optimism uh, again still waist deep in the middle of a pastrami uh, that vaccine stuff started coming out which that again didn't really buy into that either because cancer's been around for god knows how many years people donate billions of dollars to cancer research every year all year <laughs> Um, there's a whole, every month it's dedicated to some form of cancer and we still have no cure for any form of cancer, <laughs> like no form, no form of a cure for that, no form of a cure for the hip, no form of a cure for the diabetes or lupus or anything of the sort, but this novel coronavirus that has only been, um, permeating the earth for, um, one calendar year, we magically have some vaccine for it. Uh, that just didn't that didn't sit well with me. My dad has worked in pharmaceuticals my whole entire life. I'm 25 years old. My whole entire life, they go through trial periods for drugs for five, ten, fifteen years, only for the FDA to be like, mm, nah, we're not gonna approve that, bro. It make people elbows fall off. We can't approve that. Like, nah, that's okay. Try again. And so for us, no, I don't care if Jesus himself was up there. Uh, pulling pull a vaccine together. It just doesn't make any sense to me that in not even a full calendar year because it was just December. So, well, I guess like I said, they, China was dealing with the COVID for a year. So, I, yeah, I, I'll give them a full calendar year. But after a full year, and again, only a year's worth of information and data on said virus, there's some vaccine to cure it. Again, cancer has been around for God knows how long. Tons of research, tons of participants, tons of different forms of cancer, tons of body types any backgrounds, genetics, all types of stuff. And y'all don't have anything, like absolutely, y'all don't even have a pill, some water, um, a strand of marijuana that can like chill out the cancer. But y'all have a vaccine for the COVID. A little alarming, but you know, you know teach his own, you want to do it. What really started to alarm and upset me is the mass amount of people that flooded social media from the beginning of the the uh, pandemic trying to make people feel bad or guilt people or as I like to call it using the same tactics that our parents would use to get us to do something to try and get people um, to take the vaccine or to buy into COVID whether it was shaming people for going outside and being with their family and friends whether it was calling people idiots because they said that they didn't want to um, go and wear a mask, whether it was calling people dummies because they said they didn't want to get vaccines. It was very disheartening, especially to watch black people call other black people dummies and fools because they didn't, they don't, and they, and they do not, uh, excuse me, they don't, and they didn't want to participate in anything related to th this pandemic. When you know your history, or excuse me, as a matter of fact, scratch that quote, as James Bowen would say, uh, to be semi-conscious in America, just a little bit, just a little bit of consciousness and be black in America is to be enraged all the time. The whole 2020 showed me not, forget conscious. Uh, I don't like to throw that word around a lot because it makes me think of woke and I hate the word woke because everything that's going on that quote unquote woke people are aware of, it's, just, it's, in, it's in plain sight. Again, you're just aware, you're just paying attention to the details. And, that, and everybody else, it's not that they're asleep. They're just not paying attention. But it's, it, everything is in plain sight. You're not doing, you're not learning or doing anything different than anybody. Um, so uh, it, this, the whole 2020 made me realize that a lot of people really don't know their history. A lot of people don't know that they were snatching people in Baltimore up and using them as lab rats at Johns Hopkins. A lot of people don't know that they were shooting Tuskegee Airmen up with tuberculosis or performing involuntary hysterectomies on women in Puerto Rico, or again, just treating us like lab rats in any form or fashion. Black women, right before the pandemic, there was a stretch of time where people were talking about how black women are prone to being, or not prone, or uh, statistically uh, more likely to die in childbirth because people ignore our pain. That people, that black people in general are statistic. Oh, as I forget, forget what I was about to say. Let's go right here. There's an article, and I'm going to put the link to it in the bio for this episode. There's an article basically saying that black people should be happy that there's disparities in health care. Otherwise, we would be the ones hooked on opioids instead of white people. 
and let that one marinate for y'all for a second as well too we should be thankful that people disregard and ignore our pain our health concerns and our issues otherwise we would be doped out in, at K&A off of, off of yurkies and opioids we should be thankful about that and so it was really just mind boggling for us to go from that from everybody being well aware of again black women dying more in childbirth us needing to be thankful that nobody cares about us in healthcare, uh, that we're not addicted to opioids, but now all of a sudden they care about us and they need us to take this vaccine because whew, if not, we're going to die. Everybody's going to die. If black people don't take this vaccine, we're going to die. It was just crazy to, to watch other black people call people dumb and stupid and, and not realize that people have real life fears of doctors and hospitals because of our history in this country, outside of healthcare in general at that. Because of our history, how we got here in this country, how we've had to live in this country up until this very point, that people are upset that some people can't get past that, that people are mad that some black people can't trust or believe that this country, that this healthcare system, that our government cares about us enough to do anything to help us. And just, like I said, it was very disheartening to, to see people kind of call people dumb and not really unpack the history behind it or had the conversation behind it. As we closed out 2020, uh, I know a lot of people were just like, Dad, this was not my year. This was a horrible year. This was the worst year ever. Oh, gosh, it was just dumb, 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 dumb. I'm the type of person where I look at the glass as half full instead of half empty. And while 2020 was not the year that any of us plan for whatsoever like I know that wasn't on any what 2020 was was not on anybody's vision board whatsoever uh, if you really took the time to reflect on yourself on your relationships on your journey throughout 2020 it really should have put a lot of, personally from in my opinion should have put a lot of things into perspective and brought a bunch of clarity into your life whether it was clarity on uh, who you want to be who you would like to be around who you would like to uh, work with, what you do not want to be anymore, what you would like to leave in a year before. If 2020 didn't teach you that, you were worried about the wrong stuff. You just was, you were worried about the wrong stuff because it was nothing but time to sit and be with yourself. It was nothing but time to sit and be with your family, nothing but time to sit and be with your significant other. It was a couple, like to this day, and probably not right now, it's six o'clock in the morning, but it was a couple from the time that the pastrami started until right now in 2021 i'm recording this episode in 2021 they argued every single day and i mean ugly arguments you you a bomb you're dirty you're stupid the you got food stamps i don't even care about all of that i'll get my own food get out of my house until that pua came for the the like month and a half that pua touched it was very quiet around there I think the PUA ran out, they started arguing again. I don't know. I think they really should should have reevaluated re the relationship and left each other in 2020, but none of my business. Um, but again, like I say, you, you, uh, I, I really strongly encourage a lot of people to look at life as half full instead of um, half empty. And I, something that I personally struggle with and that I'm sure a lot of people struggle with is being so invested in the future. Oh, this is what I'm going to do when I get here. I can't wait till I get here. Oh, I can't wait till I have this, until I can do this, until somebody makes me feel this way, instead of being present and appreciative of what you have right now and right in the moment. Because to be quite honest, somebody put that into perspective for me too. Everything that we have right now, even if it's not exactly how we want it or what it looks like, it's stuff that we prayed for, that we manifested, or whatever you get into, you did that to have, where you, to have the things that you have right now. And instead of basking in the fact that you put nail possess them, you're ready for the next thing and not just being present in the moment. So that's really what 2020 kind of put into perspective for me was that, number one, you have to be intentional. You have to uh, be observant, be patient, listen to understand and not to respond. And to just be alert, to stay um, prayed up or manifested up again whatever you, whatever you know everybody's deity is uh, just stay invested in it it's 2021 I can't say that it'll be any better um, I don't I can't say the next four years are going to be any better or any worse than what we've seen 
all that I can do is say that we got a fresh 365 in front of us and we got to be optimistic. We came out of 2020. Thank God, you know, we did make it. Uh, you know, if you're able to sit here and listen to this podcast, we did make it up out of 2020. And so it's a, it's a plan for all of us. You know, it's already written. Um, just uh, I hope that in 2021 that all the lessons that you had to learn, possibly the hard way, the easy way, the goals and things that you had to put on hold in 2020, uh, I, I hope and I pray that you use 2021 as a time to turn it up. Just turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. But one thing that I do want to leave us with is um, for 2021, I want us all to really focus on turning it up. But turn it up for your lane. Uh, it's, a, it's a video of Will Smith saying that nobody can give you advice on your life. You know, they could tell you what they what they did when they were in your position. They could tell you what you should, what they think you should do. But nobody can give you advice for your life because you have to live it. You know what's going to make you happy. You know what's going to make you upset. So on and so forth. And so you have to do what works best for you. I've seen so many people just trying to imitate the blueprint of somebody else. I want to be Jeff Bezos. I want to be Diddy. I want to be Jay Z. I want to be Warren Buffett, Oprah, and you know what I mean. I want when whatever they did to to get there, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Whatever they say in that book, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm going to listen to this this multi millionaires podcast every morning. And whatever they say, do I'm going to do it. Instead of I'm going to listen to this multi millionaires podcast in the morning, and I'm gonna listen to Jeff Bezos interview at twelve o'clock, and then on at 5 p.m. before I take it down for the evening, I'm going to read a couple of chapters in Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I'm going to take these two things from Rich Dad Poor Dad, this one thing from the podcast, and the second thing from this interview that I watched of Jeff Bezos, and I'm going to add that to my own blueprint, and I'm going to put what my main goal is, what my end goal is, and I'm going to use these couple of little pieces that I took from these guys, or these whoever it is, whether it's men, women in between, I'm going to take those couple of nuggets and I'm going to create my own blueprint and, and, and execute that for myself. I'm not going to reiterate, regurgitate. I'm not going to redo what anybody else did. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going to carve out my own lane. I'm going to get to my end goal. And again, like I, said, I think a lot of us just getting caught up and just regurgitating and repeating the same cycles over and over and over again instead of you know trying to do something novel. You know, it's... It's, not, it's nothing new for people to be millionaires or billionaires or anything like that. You know what I mean? We, we I just listed like four of them right there. Them being millionaires and billionaires is nothing new. Um, but trying a new route to get to being a millionaire or billionaire while distributing your wealth or your resources so that other people can, can come with you or they can aid you and becoming a millionaire or a billionaire, that's some new stuff. That's very novel. People not doing it. You know, the way that we've seen so many people kind of elevate to their multi-millionaire and billionaire status <clears throat> is to go by themselves. And I was watching the Marshawn Lynch interview a week or so ago, and he said, if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. If you want to if you want to uh, go for the long haul, you go with your family. And I think that's something so valuable that I also would like to, for us to take into 2021. We really, really got to work on community. Just coming into 2021, uh, we watched people storm the Capitol and people, all these think pieces about, well, if they were black and if it, when Black Lives Matter did this, we already knew that. Like I said, we, it's not like we, we haven't had to protest, uh, police brutality our whole lives. And I'm going, I'm going to speak for me personally. I'm pretty sure that Rodney King's incident happened four years before I was born. So for real, for real, 29, for 29 years, let's just start it. Cause they was caught on camera for 29 years. We've been fighting the same issue, the same way. And while we fighting it this, the same issue, the same way, our community has been being torn apart, left and right, left and right, left and right. Whether it's drugs, maximum incarceration, um, poverty or anything of the sort, our community has been dismantled little by little piece by piece. You know what I mean? And so um, as we watch people storm the Capitol with no consequences, with no issue, some police officers were moving the, the gate to let them up in there. People, we sit and wonder, like, well, Derek, how did they even do that? You know what I mean? How was that even a possibility for them to carry 
about that way. And it's to to be on a surface level of it, it's because they form community. And community offer the dumbest thing, which is hatred. They easily formed community and they stuck together and they rolled it out. Whatever whatever the consequences was, they deal with it, but they going together. And one thing I think so many of our black and brown communities are really missing out on is that sense of community. Again, like I said earlier, people had to make the rough decision on uh, if they were going to jeopardize themselves catching COVID, their kids catching COVID because they had to send their babies to daycare while they go to work or they had to send their kid back to school while they go to work. And and what, you know, just what I recall hearing, and honestly, personally, from my own personal experience, we community really used to be a thing for black people. My next door neighbor used to be, I used to go to her house for daycare. She used to pick me up after school. My mom would be at work. I'd stay at her house. As my mom would get off work, she'd come next door, come get me. And that'll be it. In the summertime, she ran a little day camp. I go to her house for summertime. She'll feed me. Uh, we have a good time. I go home. And you know, now again, we would again just trying to regurgitate and repeat what we see. People are going by themselves, and so we think that everything is every man for himself. People are so selfish and not selfless. You know, had we been able to form community, nobody would have had to make that that rough or difficult decision that I had to go back to work. I have to. Instead, it would have been, nah, we're not going to work. And it's okay because Miss Barbara down here on the street, she could watch Miss Barbara down here at the end of the block. She can watch the kids. Miss Lulu said that she'd do lunch, so she all the kids can go down to Miss Lulu's house. They're gonna eat lunch at Miss Lulu's. Miss Tasha said that they could come to her house in the afternoon, so from twelve to five, they're gonna be at Miss Tasha's house, and so on and so forth, or whatever the case may be. Oh, you, oh you, you. Um, they're saying that they're gonna kick you out. It's okay. We're just gonna do a quick little fish fry. Everybody in the neighborhood and I poor. We're gonna do a quick little fish fry. We're gonna get your rent money. Everything will be okay. You don't have to worry about it. We get your cable money. We work something out with the electric with the electric people. They're not gonna cut it off. But again, I said every man for himself. Y'all, you figure it out. Your cable getting off. That's on you. Your son gets shot. You need to have a fish fry. That's on you. Like you gotta go back to work. You need to figure out who's gonna watch them kids. Cause I'm not. And so. Uh, just for my plan for 2021 is to remain healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, to kind of garner some discipline and some consistency. And for the social society, I really want to spend a lot of time. Number one, bridging those gaps between millennials and our and those that came before us and those that are going to come after us. Uh, it's a lot of wisdom. On all fronts, whether it's the old heads, it's us, it's the babies, it's so much knowledge and wisdom that I feel like it's not even being lost in trans in translation. It's not even being spoke about across the generations. I talk to my friends about it. Well, y'all know I'm a politicker, so I talk to anybody. I talk to my aunts, my grandparents, or my grandfather. I don't got one grandparent left, but I talk to my grandfather and my parents about stuff. My friends, I talk to anybody about stuff. But the more I talk to people, I realize that they again confirmation bias. You spend a lot of time just talking to people. In your thought process, in your thought process range, in your age range, your tax bracket, and people really don't talk across the table. Uh, so this year, I really want to start talking about solutions. How can we heal our community? How can we stop repeating this cycle of trauma, of watching people die on camera? Uh, which number? Just to add for y'all, please stop sharing them videos. For the love of God, please stop sharing them videos. You desensitizing not just yourself but other people to to death. It's it's normal for people to die. It's that's a very normal occurrence. That's one thing that's guaranteed for all of us in life. We gotta go. We gotta kick the bucket and go. But what is not normal is to watch people die. We're not living in no war zone. And even if we was living in a war zone, it's not. We it shouldn't be normalized for us to watch people get killed. Not even. I I just was telling somebody that we have to be intentional with our verbiage. People aren't dying. We watch people be murdered. Officers necks on, I mean, excuse me, knees on necks, guns and heads and things like that. So, community, more intentional about conversation and just really working together to find some solutions. I really, really think that the solutions are really mixed up between all the generations our grandparents, our aunts, our dads, us, the babies that's coming and watching all this stuff transpire behind us is mixed up in all those generations. And so, I, I hope this year that I can bring us all together. In some front, and prayfully give us some solutions. And secondly, per usual, we'll be back in action. Uh, just want to have dope conversation. Uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, so I, I, sometimes I, I just want to kind of escape from this. So I I won't invest all of my time in uh, talking 
specifically about you know how we can grow our community and different solutions and things like that but i definitely um want to have you know just normal dope conversation like i'm 25 now too 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 um old you know what i mean so i've seen i think i've seen a, a fair share of stuff and i want to just connect with people and get some more wisdom some more games some knowledge and like i like i always say uh speak less and listen more so um, that's my my little recap of 2020 my hopes and expectations for the social society and us as a community for 2021 uh as always i hope to bring good content good convo uh, y'all can drop some jewels on me I, I hope i can have people on the show that can drop some jewels on y'all and we could just learn and grow together it's 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 only um, making posters and taking it to the streets. At some point in time, we got to get some action behind, uh, you know, all the emotion and the pain and the rubber bullets and tear gas. At some point in time, we got to get some fruitfulness out of this labor. And like I said, pray, prayfully through uh, this season, this year, uh, we, can, uh, link, we can link together and come up with some solutions. Uh, but until next time, thank y'all for rocking out with me. And I said, and I said, I shall see y'all later.